Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good Sunday. This is Rashini along with Dr. David Hilden. And it's everybody's favorite show, Open Lines on WCCO Radio. This edition of Healthy Matters, we will take your questions Phone and text lines are open, folks, and I see the texts are already starting to come in. 651-989-9226. Good morning, Dr. Hilden. It's been quite a week. Good morning, Rashidi. Indeed it has. You know, yeah, the the week in Minnesota, the last few weeks, it's, it's sort of like if you watch the national news, you watch the cable news, and it's essentially the same as our local news. It's all like, holy cow, they're doing all the stories from Minnesota. And so uh, there's a lot of... Uh, a uh, lot of emotions this week, a lot going on um, uh, in our community. So just uh, my thoughts are out to all Minnesotans that we all uh, um, are taking big, deep breaths and uh, and getting through our, our challenging times together. You know, in the hospital, similarly, it's been very busy. I And it's not just COVID. Uh, the the the, the onset of spring also brings the onset of busier hospitals in Minnesota because Minnesota has what we call basically a trauma season. Um, I don't know if that's an official word, but it's a we know that uh, you know Minnesotans get out. You get out on your lakes and your bikes and you go camping and you're outside and there's a little more socializing in the summer. And so uh, more injuries happen. And so our, our hospital's been quite busy with that, even as we still have a significant number of COVID patients. So a lot of news out about COVID also this week. The, the, the CDC came out with the 2020 mortality statistics. They're just preliminary, but COVID is the number three cause of death in 2020. And it's um, more excess people died in 2020 than any year since they started keeping track, including in 1918. So it's a, it was just an incredible year we've got through. Um, the, the, you know, doctors talk about this stuff sometimes, you know, the causes of what are people dying of. It's the top 10 things are basically the same 10. They just rearrange order a little bit. Maybe one thing goes up or down and this year, out of nowhere, a new thing came in, and it came in at number three, that being COVID. So it's been heck of a year, heck of a time. But I think we're getting there. We're getting there, Minnesota. We're getting closer to some sort of normalcy. I don't think we'll be normal ever again, but we'll have some sense of normalcy very soon. I think it's coming this summer. As long as we all keep doing our part, I think the summer could be considerably better. I'm still waiting to get out to a Twins game, although I, I tend to go to that pretty soon, and I would call that normalcy when I'm out at a Twins game again. 
That would definitely be normalcy. Totally. Dr. Hilton, way back, I mean, way back, what's way back anymore, right? Sometimes a week here is feeling like six months. But you did say in 2020, at one point when we talked about this, that perhaps at some point, COVID-19 will just kind of turn into, you know, as as common as one of the flu strains. Do you still think that's the case, the course that it's running? Yeah, I, I think so. So we're going to go from a pandemic to what's called in epidemiology an endemic, uh, or COVID will become endemic, which means it is not going away. It will not be eradicated probably um, in our in the anytime soon. It's not going to go away like smallpox, but it'll become endemic, meaning it'll be a low level, always present. Somebody always has it, just like other infectious diseases that we have now. Uh, influenza, measles, uh, those are endemic. They're, they're in the community. They're out there. Um, people are going to be getting them. I think it is almost a certainty that we'll be getting our, our booster shots for COVID, just like we do for flu, just like we do for tetanus. It's just how often do you get them? For tetanus, you get a booster shot every 10 years. For flu, you get one every one year. So we're not sure. My guess, and this is truly a guess, is that it'll be an annual shot, just just like uh, the flu will be. And some of us are going to get COVID and some of us aren't, but it'll be more endemic. We're not going to get that to that point until people get vaccinated, though. That is the one thing. There's alarming news to me and to many of my colleagues about the uptake of vaccines, especially in greater Minnesota. If you live in the western half of Minnesota, the uptake there has been um, uh, slow. And so, uh, and way northern Minnesota, but particularly western Minnesota. Draw a line vertically through Minnesota, north to south from Lake of the Woods all the way to the Iowa border. Everything west of there is pretty low on the uptake. And for folks living out there, this pandemic is going to last longer if we don't get uh, more vaccines going. So we have work to do to educate people and to overcome people's natural hesitancies uh, on getting the vaccine. All right, let's get in a quick text. I want to remind people it is the open line show of Healthy Matters today. We'll take all your questions. Call us, text us. I always promise we'll get to you if you call 651-989-9226. We'll do our best to get to you if you text that same number. But this question, Dr., kind of tickles me just because I replaced my toothbrush this morning. This person says, at what point after a positive COVID test should a person replace their toothbrush? Oh, that is a very interesting question. Well, my dentist tells me you're supposed to replace your toothbrush way more often than I do anyway. I'm not aware of anything in the um, for COVID, uh, the, any, any changes in that. So I would think you're generally less infective, maybe not perfectly uninfected, but less infected a couple weeks after your COVID test. So um, two weeks afterwards, that's when I would start to assume you're less infective. And if you're saying that you want, I would probably replace your toothbrush quickly. Um, a week or two after your COVID test. Or your yeah, COVID and you're right. I think all of us could replace that toothbrush. Probably way more often more than More often, yes. Okay, we're going to take a break. When we come back, your calls, your texts, 651-989-9226. We are back on Healthy Matters, Rashini Rajkumar, along with Dr. David Hilden. Of course, Healthy Matters every Sunday on WCCO Radio, 7 to 8 a.m., powered by Hennepin Healthcare. Today is our open line show. Call us, text us, 651-989-9226. Glenn is on the line from Hutchinson. Good morning, Glenn. Good morning. 
I got to make it quick. Uh, my Tom Rako is going to have a sermon here pretty quick. But how concerned is the doctor with uh, apparent uh, mass media or mainstream media's underreporting of the vaccine complications? That's it's kind of like quelled. It doesn't seem like there's much reported, and that makes some of us a little eerie. Like, ah, are they telling us everything? Anyway, that's all I got. Good question, Glenn. Thanks. And get to church. You don't want to miss that. But my take is that um, we most of the adverse events are being reported. There really aren't very many. Now, granted, we've only had this thing for six months. So what are the five-year-later effects? We don't know that. It hasn't been around that long. But we do know that the um, efficacy is well into the 90%. And we do know the complications of COVID-19. And they're horrible. And so the, the immediate complications of the vaccine are minuscule. They have some very short-term uh, immune reactions. People get a fever. You get chills. You get a sore arm. You might get a little bit of muscle aches after your vaccine. Those go away in one to three days. And then the long-term complications after that have show the, the, the six-month complications after that are not zero. There are some. And they are being reported. And uh, it's just that they're very small. They, they are minuscule. It's a little anthill of side effects relative to the Mount Everest of complications of COVID. So it doesn't mess with your DNA. It doesn't change your DNA. It does not lead to um, any serious complications that we can find so far. That doesn't mean that we won't find some rare causes. But when you got 100 million people getting a vaccine, which we have, 100 million people getting a vaccine, we would have seen it if there are any um, really concerning things. So um, it is being reported, although, and I think you're just not seeing it because it, there aren't as many to report. I don't think anyone's um, honestly trying to cover anything up. Um, and I don't think that's happening. All right, good clarification there. Rod is on the line from Richfield. Hi, Rod. Hey, thank you. Say, uh, this is a little bit on the opposite end uh, from this previous question. But I've always gotten a flu shot, and whenever I go out, I don't think, well, did so-and-so get a flu shot? Did this per-? Now that I'm fully vaccinated, uh, when I go out, I think I'll have a thought in my head, now, is this person vaccinated? Is that person vaccinated? But I'm still willing to wear a mask, wash my hands for 20 seconds, and use hand sanitizers. What would you say to someone that might have a little fear of going out in public knowing that not everybody may be vaccinated thank you that's a yeah um many people feel that way i feel that way i and 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 so we have to figure it out about um how we can safely get out there i think you just have to do what feels best to you and 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 uh, do the activities that feel safe to you. Uh, there was a U.S. senator from a neighboring state to our east who said that what does it matter what your neighbor did? That's poppycock. What <laughs> it very much matters what your neighbor did. The 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 vaccine helps you, but in all honesty, I don't personally care if you have made the decision not to get the vaccine for yourself. That is your prerogative. You can do that. But you are making a decision for our community by not getting the vaccine. You are making the decision that your personal um, feelings about it are more important than ending this pandemic. Now, that might be legit for you. That might be okay. But you have made the decision that your community safety is less important than your personal um, liberty on the issue. Now, what others have to do is they um, have to just make the decision for themselves. Where would I want to go? Would I get on an airplane? And I personally would say, yeah, I would probably get an airplane. Would I go to a crowded restaurant in a place where vaccine rates aren't high? 
oh, no, I would not do that. Um, that is not a safe thing to do. So I would tell your small towns, your big towns, if you want people to come and socialize and get back to normal, we need to get as many people taking this thing as we can. It's a hard one. I'm not a sociologist. Everybody's got their own take on that, and that's clearly just my own take. Um, others might have different thoughts on that. All right, you can call and text us, 651-989-9226. And we've got a toothbrush theme going, Doc. This listener says, I keep running my toothbrush through my dishwasher to sanitize it. Holy cow, is that a thing? I don't, do you do I, that, Rashini? No, I just throw it away. I mean, you can get bulk toothbrushes at Costco. Well, yeah, well, that's an them online. That's an interesting thought because, you know, you know, I think the problem with the toothbrush situation is that the bristles get all bent and they don't work mm -hmm. as well and this, that, the other thing. I haven't really thought about it as a sanitizing thing because, in all honesty, your mouth is the biggest cesspool in the human body. Your digestive tract is mostly bacteria, including your mouth, including your mouth. They're okay. That's where they're supposed to be. But I, so every time you brush your teeth, you've got bacteria all over that thing. That's, right. a, that's a lovely thought for a Sunday morning. I've done some segments on my show with dental professionals who say 100 to 120 different diseases are linked to oral health. So you really do want to keep your mouth clean. But I think now All Healthy Matters uh, listeners know we better change out that toothbrush. Okay. Seriously, that's a true <laughs> statement. There are yeah. loads of, of things that come from your mouth. Heck, you can get heart infections from bad, dent from bad teeth. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's a lot of things, yeah. All right, so Sue is on the line. Thank you, Sue, for holding. Good morning from Annandale. Good morning. Uh, my question is regarding uh, the COVID and the COVID vaccine. Uh, we know of a gentleman, an 87-year-old gentleman, that attended an Easter event at his son's house where his granddaughter had COVID. She didn't feel well, but they didn't know what the issue was. Uh, the entire family, including the 87-year-old man, had not been vaccinated. Um, Shortly after, this 87-year-old man decides, well, maybe I should get a COVID vaccine. He already has COVID, doesn't know it. Now there is some question from the family that the vaccine actually made him sicker. Is that in reality or not? Yeah, um, the, the people who have had COVID and then get the vaccine often have an exaggerated response to the vaccine. In other words, the the fevers that you get, the body aches, the feeling crummy, maybe a little headache uh, and a sore arm, those symptoms are sometimes worse because your body, it's like the pump was already primed because you got COVID and then you got the vaccine later. And so your body's like, holy cow, I'm seeing this a second time. First time when I got the illness, second time in the vaccine, I'm going to mobilize my troops en masse. And so, so you get this immune response that's exaggerated. What it will not do, it will absolutely not give you worse COVID. You won't give you COVID. It won't give you COVID. It won't make the COVID you used to have worse. None of that. None of that is possible. Um, it is not biologically plausible that that is the case. So the vaccine can't give you COVID. It is not possible. And it also cannot make pre-existing COVID worse. It will make those immune reactions to the vaccine more exaggerated, though. Okay, let's get in a quick text before we have to go to break. Do you think we will ever have a combination flu COVID booster shot? Uh, that's an interesting thing, and I think that's a good possibility. It is possible that they'll combine them. Uh, this year we had almost no flu. 
Flu was a non-event this year. It was almost zero because because they're, they're both respiratory viruses and uh, they they spread similar ways. And if we need one shot, we might get the um, and the other shot. They could do a combination. The one thing, the reason it might not happen is that the flu shot is very old. It's been grown in eggs and it has a different process to develop it. And so I don't think in the in the near future we're going to have a combination shot. They're just they work so differently. The vaccines are just not even remotely close to working in the same way. But someday, some years down the road, I bet that's that'll be something someone's going to look into. All right, we have lots of texts and callers holding. We have to take a break, so hang on to your questions. Call in at 651-989-9226 on this Open Lines edition of Healthy Matters. We are back on Healthy Matters. Dr. David Hilden and Rashini Rajkumar with you on this Open Lines Sunday. We're taking all your questions. Call us or text us, 651-989-9226. All right, speaking of church bells, this question goes uh, right to that. RR, I need Dr. H's expert advice, have had both shots and has been 14 days now. Can I go back to church if I still wear a mask, distance from people? Thank you. So I'm on this committee at my own very small little South Minneapolis church to try to answer that very question. Um, Certain activities that are in churches are unfortunately also terrific for spreading COVID. And so most congregations that I know are taking some precautions. Um, Singing. Singing is just much more dangerous inside in a group of people than almost anything else. That's not not safe at all. So if you're going, if your congregation has indoor services and they are spread out, in other words, you are spread out six feet from everybody else and you are wearing masks, then I think it's at least possible to start moving toward going to indoor church again. If you're in a, but it it makes a difference. The church I grew up in, Central Lutheran Church in downtown Minneapolis, holds 3,000 people and it's 10 stories high. If you can put a few hundred people in there, that's probably okay. My small little neighborhood church that I go to now, we have not yet had a, a service inside in over a year because it's not possible. So if you can stay spread out and stay masked, okay. We're recommending to a lot of congregations, it's time to do church in the parking lot. And then if you do it inside, it has to be somewhat limited. Let's go to uh, Pat. Yes, I am. Go ahead with Dr. Hi, Pat. Hi, doctor. Good morning. Hey, I have a question. My granddaughter who's 18 was diagnosed with COVID on Friday. She started with some symptoms on Wednesday, and she's scheduled for a vaccine this coming Saturday. Take a few other questions. Oh, there she is. soon for the vaccine for her? Pat, could you say it one more time? I missed the beginning of your question. Sure. My granddaughter, who's 18, uh, was diagnosed with COVID on Friday, this past Friday, and she started with her symptoms this past Wednesday. She's scheduled for her vaccine this coming Saturday, and I'm wondering if that's too soon for her to get the vaccine after having, so she currently has COVID. Yeah, I might have her wait a little bit longer, mostly because of it, 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 I'll I'll backtrack, it's not dangerous to do so, but she's going to get a heck of a reaction. 18-year-olds are getting pretty decent vaccine reactions because their immune systems are at the peak of their functioning. And so they're getting getting some decent fevers and chills. And to do it that closely after getting COVID, she might want to wait a few more weeks. It's not contraindicated. It's not like she can't. 
get the vaccine, but I might suggest if she can wait a few weeks, she might feel better if she does that. And I rarely tell people to wait. I usually say, get it, get it, get it. But now that the vaccine is available enough, it isn't like she's given up her lottery ticket. She should be able to get it in a couple of weeks. All right, let's go back to the text line. Uh, This person says, does the, or actually, let me go to this one. How safe are two vaccinated people together? Quite safe. If you have two people, you're both vaccinated, I think you can do just just about normal living. If you know you and a friend are both vaccinated, you can have coffee, you can have dinner. You can, um, if it's just the two of you in a room, you're quite safe. And I would go to back to, I don't wanna say completely normal, but, but close. You don't have to have a mask on, for instance. You can do your thing, even inside. Now, the more people you add to that equation, the more, the more risky it gets. I wouldn't put 10 people um, in a room together unrelated people, even if you are vaccinated. But but you can have dinner parties, for instance. You can sit around a table with people who are all vaccinated in small groups. And if you're outside, you can do darn near anything. Outdoors makes a huge difference. So vaccines work. It's a, it, it's your, that's your ticket back to some normalcy. Um, all right. I'm going to do a couple quick texts, and then we'll go back to the phone lines. This person says, we've had in-person church since last June. No spree singing spread out, no COVID outbreak, church should open. It seems like it kind of just depends on the size of the church and what church leadership decides in, totally. in, every, in any given church. That's this, exactly it. That's exactly it. You can do things relatively safely if the congregation's all on board. But it is true that the, almost all of our outbreaks have been in congregate settings, um, uh, especially indoor ones. But it's possible to do it safely. If you think it through and your church and your congregation thinks it through and does all the things that they could do, you can control this thing. This person says, I still don't understand why we can't resume all normal activities if we've had both shots. You, if you've had both shots, you can resume almost all normal activities. But the fact of the matter is that your neighbor hasn't had that shot. And, and keep in mind, the shots are to protect the community, not an individual so much. So if you are just hanging out with people who have all had the shots, you're good to go on most of your normal activities. But I would suggest that if you go into a crowded restaurant, uh, keep in mind, half the people there have not been vaccinated. And um, it, nothing's perfect. And uh, even you, as a vaccinated person, are putting yourself at a little higher risk if you're in a group of crowded people. And and so uh, it, we're not to the point um, in our community that even vaccinated people can be shoulder to shoulder with other people. That's That we still can't do. But you personally, in your life, in your small circle of friends, you can do darn near everything you could before. This is our open line show on Healthy Matters. Give us a call or a text, 651 989 9226. Marguerite is on the line from Granite Falls. Good morning, Marguerite. Uh, good morning. Um, I, I was wondering um, about, uh, I have an infection, a fungus infection in all my toenails on my feet, and I, I thought uh, or heard to put um, solutions of a half hi- uh, hydrogen peroxide and, wa- and half water on your toes at night, and that would help it go away. Is that a good idea? I, Hi, Marguerite. It, oh, it probably won't hurt, but it's almost, it's not likely to help. Toenail fungus is exceptionally common. It's a thickening, a yellowing, or a browning of the toenails. Um, it is due to a fungus, a mold that is everywhere, and your feet are wet and they're warm, and um, they, you wear socks, and so it's perfect conditions for that. It's so common that we tell people um, you can treat it if you want, but you don't have to. It is entirely cosmetic. 
So if your job is as a foot model, you maybe want to treat it. If it um, other than that, we tell people consider just dealing with it because the topical measures don't work very well. You're going to have to put that stuff on that acid or hydrogen peroxide or all that. You're going to have to do that for a year, at least a year. And it isn't probably going to help even at the end of that year. And even if it does help, it's going to come back. And so that, uh, so I don't recommend doing that. It's the, the squeeze is not, the, the juice is not worth the squeeze, if you say. There are medical um, interventions in pill form. If it's really bothersome for you, see your doctor. They, are, they have some side effects. The pills are strong. But there are some other ways that might be a little bit more effective. I love how you came up with um, foot model there, doctor. Um, yeah, well, see, I was a foot model in a previous <laughs> life. And, you know, now I've had to give it up. I know. All right. We'll get a quick text in and then back to the phone lines. Why on earth are vaccinated people still being told to mask? If the vaccine has the efficacy being reported, why the masks? It's the contradiction people who are hesitant can't get behind. Yep, I get that. I get that. And I wish we could just say, fling out, do everything you wanted to do normally. And I am telling people, um, you can do most of the things normally. You can, um, but... It, we are just not to the place where this deadly disease, more deaths in, than in the history of our country, even more than 1918 now, it's more than that. Um, the excess deaths in our country in 2020 exceeds those of 1918. This is the worst pandemic in our nation's history, and um, at least since we've been measuring it. And so we, until we get more people vaccinated, it is just common sense. It is sort of caring for your neighbor. Um, by doing that, you personally probably could wear, never wear a mask again if you're va if you're vaccinated. You probably could, but in, for a few more months, we think in order to just make sure that um, uh, our whole community is safe, that's why the extra caution. But this point is a very good one. If there's no benefit to getting a mat to getting a vaccine, why would you do it? I totally understand that. It is more of a community mindset, not an individual mindset. And so that's why we're asking people to keep doing that. But if you want to, if you want to go um, hang out with your other vaccinated friends without a mask, I think that's perfectly okay. All right, let's get Bill in before the break. Bill is calling in from Blaine. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. Not sure if this issue has been covered in the past, but down the road, is there the possibility that future COVID shots, if required, uh, will become like flu shots, and that it's sometimes a crapshoot on whether or not we pick the right strain to inoculate against? That is a possibility, um, and that's. But the flu shot is is um, is such a slow deal. It takes forever to make the thing, and they have to guess what people had in the southern hemisphere and all that. The variants are not. It's not so much guesswork. They literally have the gene sequence of the variants, and the new, especially the mRNA virus um, vaccines, they can simply insert a new gene sequence into it. It's sort of, uh, you know, they can. It's like a little jigsaw puzzle, and they just put the new pieces in there. So I think that they'll be pretty good. At, at getting the vaccines out um, that will be effective against the variants. That remains to be seen, though. That is a, a, a concern into the future. That Are we just going to be guessing every year about what variant it is? I think the technology has come decades or, or leaps and bounds over the last decade, so I'm hopeful it'll be better. All right. We are going to take a quick break. We have some calls holding, though. We will get to those as soon as we return. If you have questions for our last segment of this edition of Healthy Matters Open Line Show, call us 651-989-9226. 
We are back on Healthy Matters, powered by Hennepin Healthcare. You can call and text us, 651-989-9226. This is our last segment. We have a lot of calls and a lot of texts, so I will ask our callers to be as brief as possible with their questions. Let's go to Darren in New Richmond. Good morning, Darren. Good morning. Thank you for such a great show this morning. I have a quick question for you. My wife works with uh, four different people in a very small office. Three have been fully vaccinated. One individual had COVID back way back in December and feels that is not necessary for her to get the shot. What risk does this individual pose to the other three people in this very small office? Thank you. I think, um, Darren, for the short term, the risk is relatively low because they had COVID. And so they're, they're somewhat immune. So one person who had it four months ago and three vaccinated people is a relatively safe situation. That's going to wane, though, over time, because what the one thing we don't know is the durability of our immunity. Is, is that fourth person still going to be immune a month from now? How about six months from now? What about a year from now? So um, it, we just don't know that. We don't know how long you are immune. We, and, and with new variants and the like, this person is not likely um, immune against the variants. And the variants are, the, the B117 is 70% of Minnesota now and, and Western Wisconsin. I think you're calling from Western Wisconsin. And so it is by far safer for everybody if she were to get vaccinated or he, the fourth person. You're okay, you know, and the longer we wait, the longer that person waits, the, the more dangerous that would become. It would be so much better if all four of them were vaccinated. All right. Nancy from Edina, good morning. Good morning. I have a, more of a comment than a question. Uh, a friend of mine, longtime friend, will not get the vaccine, doesn't trust it. She's now losing some personal friends over it, and... Um, I, I see a trend here where it, it's a division kind of thing, and it reminds me of the elections where people and families have had divisions over who they're electing. So I, I just see it's just a comment. I see a trend here, and I think it's sad that people can't just let people be and do their own uh, decisions. So thank you for all your information. Yeah, that's a. I, I agree with your comment. I think there is a division, and it's too bad. As a medical professional, and I also um, did public health, so I, have, I, I did training in public health as well, the message is quite clear that you, you, you do these things for your community. But I am not a sociologist or a psychologist or a politician or any of that, so I, I recognize that, the, that some people just don't want to do it. Um, on the other hand, some people didn't want to not smoke in an airplane either, and we made them. And in a building, we made them because it was the right thing to do. And so, um, especially men, men are like, I'm fine, I'm tough, I don't need to get this thing. If the man in your life, or if you are a man, enough of that. Um, think of your community. Now, I'm, I'm again back into my epidemiology, public health, medical field. I get it that, that people don't want to do this. I get it. Um, and, and everybody, it's legit to have your own concerns about it. That's, that's legitimate. But I would just ask people to think of your community. All right. We're really running up against the clock, so I'll ask our last couple callers to be quick. Marianne is on the line from Somerset, Wisconsin. Hi, Marianne. Hi. I have a question. I have congestive heart failure, 
cancer, and I'm on dialysis. So what do my kids and I do in regard to masks? Do I'm, I'm vaccinated. Yeah, if, yeah go ahead, doctor. That. I think... I think you're okay. Um, you're at very high risk of getting COVID. So it's good you got the vaccine. Make sure nobody has a symptom. Nobody has a fever. Make sure everybody who visits you has been vaccinated. And if they have, you can have visitors and you can be with them too. You can as well. Um, if there are a, one or two that aren't vaccinated, even that's probably okay. You can meet in small groups. I think it's important to meet in small groups and encourage them to get vaccinated as well. All right, Susan is on the line from Bloomington. Good morning, Susan. Good morning. Um, I have a question about the booster shots. If I got a Pfizer shot, do I have to wait in line for a Pfizer booster? And it's going to be one of those things, again, where it's like winning the lottery to be able to get a booster. Yes, you do need the Pfizer second shot if it was your first. Don't mix them. Don't mix it with the J&J or the Moderna. You've got, you have to get the Pfizer one. Um, however... Um, the, the lines are loosening up so much so that it shouldn't be a problem. And not only that, wherever you got the first one should automatically get you a, an appointment for the second one. You shouldn't have to wait anymore. There's no searching around. Um, and in the month of May, I don't think there's going to be any trouble finding a vaccine. So make sure you get the Pfizer one for your second one. All right, we're going to quickly try to get through some texts. Uh, this person says, I've gotten the second vaccine. Would a blood clot show up on my forearm as a bruise? No, um, you might just you might just get a bruise, but it's uh, it, it might be a little superficial thing. But the blood clots that uh, um, uh, blood clots are exceptionally rare, and uh, they're um, they wouldn't show up that way. No, could the vaccine trigger a Crohn's disease flare up? Not likely. I don't think so. Um, uh, but that's an I don't think so. A Crohn's disease and an autoimmune disorder means it has a uh, your immune system is involved. So I guess anything's possible that it could do a flare up. But I I think that that is not a likely situation. What supplements like zinc or vitamin D or others are good to take? The the main ones that I recommend if you're a woman of childbearing age you need folic acid. Um, if uh, others, um, calcium and vitamin D may or may not be important to you, depending on what your diet is like and how much you get out in the sun. So you might think about calcium and vitamin, vitamin D. And uh, beyond that, there aren't too many. Um, there, uh, I might be forgetting one, but all the other ones are optional and have not been shown to have uh, much effect. I might be forgetting one in there, but I think I got it. Calcium, vitamin D, and folic acid for women of childbearing age. All right, we'll squeeze this one in. I had a bone density test. Level was 14. Fosamax suggested. Can you talk briefly on this? Will the level improve? Yeah, um, Fosamax is a medication called a bisphosphonate. It helps. Your bones are constantly turning over. They're going from... Um, Growing and not growing, growing and not growing. Fosamax helps them grow. Yes, it will help. If you have osteoporosis, it's a good thing to get that treated, and Fosamax is a good option for that. All right. Dwight from Eden Prairie, call back next week. I'm so sorry we ran up against the clock, but we so appreciate you listening to Healthy Matters. Next week, we're going to tackle a really good topic, a tough topic, handling family stress. Doctor, I think that's going to be a good one. How can people reach you during the week? Reach me during the week. First of all, go to hennepinhealthcare.org. You can always reach us at 612-873-MYMD, 612-873-MYMD. And check me out on Twitter, Dr. David Hilden. Yes, you can always ask Dr. or me questions on Twitter, at Dr. David Hilden and at Rashini R. Thanks so much, everyone, for your questions. Make it a healthy week.
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.